Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Julia Cameron is the author of Seeking Wisdom. She has been an active artist for more than 30 years and is the author of 40 books, fiction and nonfiction, including her best-selling works on the creative process, which most people are probably familiar with, called The Artist's Way, which is super famous and amazing. Also, Walking in This World and Finding Water. Her work has been translated into more than 35 languages and has sold more than 4 million copies worldwide. Also a novelist, playwright, songwriter, and poet, she has multiple credits in theater, film, and television. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Seeking Wisdom, a Spiritual Path to Creative Connection, the six-week Artist Ways program. Thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. It is a huge honor to talk to you, the morning pages guru, if you will, after all the effects you've had on the writer community, author community with your advice and your guidance and all of that. How does it feel to now be coming out with yet a new book um, and a new set of prescriptions for how to access our best writing selves? Well, I felt like it was a good thing to write about prayer, and it was an intimidating thing to write about prayer. And I asked for guidance uh, about what to write next, and I was told prayer, and I said, oh my God, no, I'm not not holy enough. Uh, That should be for somebody much more spiritual. Uh, But the guidance persisted and said, you will write about prayer. It's a worthy topic. So I thought, well, if I'm going to try to write about prayer, I I don't want to appear to be talking down to people from some pedestal. So I think I better tell them the story of how I came to pray. Uh, And that's why the book opens with me not praying uh, and then being guided to prayer uh, and discovering it was a powerful resource. 
you did sort of pull the reader right in by sharing your most vulnerable self with us at a time where you were having a hard time controlling your drinking and your marriage and everything seemed to be just flying out of your control. And then you regrouped and in a very inspiring way, went off on this new path. And I was struck time and time again with how much you were willing to listen and take in what you heard. I mean, it's one thing to say, I'm going to pray, which is putting things out there, but it's another to say, I'm taking everything in and I am getting the answers I need. I just have to be patient and listen for them. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, when I was told to pray, I said, you don't understand. I have 16 years of Catholic education, uh, and that's the grease slide to agnosticism. <laughs> uh, and they said, well, you must believe in something. Uh, and I thought about it, and I asked a girlfriend what she prayed to, and she said, oh, I pray to Mick Jagger. <laughs> and so I asked someone else and she said, oh, I pray to sunspots. Uh, and so I thought, well, I could pray to the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. A line from Dylan Thomas about creative energy. And so I started praying to that force. And what happened was that my prose straightened out. Uh, previously, I had been trying to be brilliant. Uh, and I, every sentence had to be re rewritten and rewritten uh, until there was a scratched hole in the paper. And when I started trying to be of service uh, and write what seemed to want to come through me, my prose straightened out. My career straightened out, and I began to try and help people. So it's as simple as that. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But how did you get in? And I understand that you know, when you, the series of events that, that led you to also be more receptive to this and having things like calling the one friend who called the other friend. And then next thing you know, there was somebody right there who could help you through becoming sober and all of that. And that time and again, you trusted your instincts and listened, but was it hard to stay in that framework? I mean, you listen even with things like storms, right? And having to spend Thanksgiving by yourself and not braving the weather because you listen and you hear, okay, I shouldn't try that. And so you don't do it. Do you second guess yourself at all? Do you just take it in and then you calmly process? Like, how does it work? Well, when I ask for guidance and I find myself sometimes doubting it, and then I get angry with myself, I say, you have so many years, you have 30 years of trusting guidance. Why do you doubt Mm. Uh, and the answer is because it's human nature to doubt. Uh, and so uh, when I get a piece of guidance uh, that seems hard or impossible to me, uh, I find myself reminding myself uh, that previously it has proven to be true. Mm. So I have uh, what we call sober reference. 
And the sober reference tells me that I can trust what I'm hearing uh, and that there's wisdom to it. Uh, so uh, when I had the Thanksgiving storm, I didn't like it. <laughs> I wanted to go to my friend Nick's house. But when I called Nick and told him, I think I should stay in, he sounded relieved and said he would bring me a plate full of Thanksgiving food the next day. <laughs> Which is really the main perk of Thanksgiving anyway, right? It's all those leftovers. Yes. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I am inspired by this and, you know, for, for anyone with anxiety who tends to ruminate or second guess or change your mind or whatever, the notion of just sort of letting the first instinct live and guide is, is sort of revolutionary. So I'm really going to work hard to, to try and implement your what you do. Well, I think that the practice of writing morning pages trains us to trust. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no quote, wrong way to write morning pages. So we write them, and the little doubting voice says, oh, you're being boring. But we say to the voice, thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and we go right on with what we're doing. Uh, and that ability to sort of step past the sensor is a learned skill. Mm. Uh, and the more we practice it with morning pages, the more we are able to accept guidance in other areas of our life. Interesting. And you still do morning pages. I mean, I know it's obviously a huge part of this book and all your previous work, but do you do it every single day? Like literally every day? I do. I do. But this morning uh, when I was, this is very early for me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes. And, and um, I found myself trying to write morning pages and saying, oh, I don't know if I'll be awake enough to be alert. Dear God, please give me guidance. And uh, it took a long time to write a single page. So basically, my podcast has ruined your streak of morning pages production. <laughs> By asking you about it. Now I've made it impossible. <laughs> well, I understand that. That makes sense. What do you do with all of your morning pages? Do you ever go back and read them and save them and share them at all? Has anything amazed? Like, what? where Where are they? Are they in a closet? What do you do with them all? Uh, I put them in a big bookshelf. And um, what I find is that I go back and read guidance uh, I write morning pages, and then I say LJ for little Julie. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> Can I hear guidance about X? Uh, and then I listen, and I write down what I hear. Uh, and what I find is that the guidance is trustworthy and helpful and deliberate and encouraging. And sometimes it's comforting to reread the guidance. Mm. So I will do that. I don't share my pages with anybody. They're top secret. <laughs> but I share them with myself. 
Do you ever worry about what's going to happen to all the things that you write after you pass away? I mean, I have like all this, all these cabinets full of writing and documents on the computer and all these things. And every so often I'm like, what? I don't want these out. And like, what am I going to do with all these things? Do you ever think about that? <laughs> or maybe that's too depressing a thought. Well, I find myself saying, first cremate the pages, then worry about the body. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Wow. Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use, so I got it, and now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you, and it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and It makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Um, so what are what are your hopes and dreams for this new program, the six-week Artist Way program? Well, I'm hoping that people will start to use guidance the book opens with tools uh, and they are familiar tools for people who have been working with my uh, uh, teachings, Uh, morning pages, artist dates, walking. uh, They're all tools of introspection. Uh, And then I ask people to try using guidance uh, and to practice using guidance Uh, And what I find uh, is that people are at first astonished. They they say, oh, Julia, what if I ask for guidance and I don't hear anything? (laughs) Or more commonly, Julia, I ask for guidance uh, and I hear something back uh, and I'm worried that it's just my imagination. And I say to people, well, if it is just your imagination, your imagination is much more powerful and encouraging and helpful than you've previously thought. So it's my hope that people will start to use prayer 
in their creativity and ask to be guided. You made a very strong case for walking without distractions, getting out there, walking, listening, looking around, not putting headphones on, not using that as time to do something else. It's tempting to use walking time to get other things done. How do you, how do you, I feel like you're so good at protecting all your time. How do you do that? How do you, how do you get other people to do that when they feel like life is so busy and da, da, da? Well, I think if we do morning pages, we tend to intuitively protect our time. Uh, We find uh, ourselves saying no to distractions. Uh, And I I find uh, people sometimes say to me, Julia, you're so productive. How do you do it? (laughs) And I say, well... I don't watch TV. I don't get on the internet. I don't surf. (laughs) And uh, they say, oh, you mean we have a choice about these activities? Uh, And I say, yes, we have a choice about these activities. Uh, And so I want you to try to live a life without being sabotaged. Interesting. Sabotage. It's almost like we're the victims of all of the distractions. Well, I think we are. Mm -hmm. I think we are. I think we have a, um, well, I have a a friend who came over and he was nervous. And I said to him, you don't seem like yourself today. And he said, well, I stayed up all night watching the war. Mm. Uh, And I thought you have a choice about that. It's true. I've been watching. I don't know why I save it for right before bed. And then I have bad dreams all night. I have to do better. It's hard to know when to, when something is so cap, you know, it's just hard to, it's hard to stop sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's hard to put those limits on. So how do you, do you view yourself as like a guru the way that other people see you? Or do you just feel yourself as like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to get up and write, write these pages? I mean, you're such an icon, right? And so many people can credit you with their own productivity and their own work. Does that change your self-perception on a day-to-day basis or not? No, I have a loyal group of friends who do not have me on a pedestal. <laughs> and I will call them up and I will say, I'm nervous. For example, about this interview early in the morning, I said, I'm nervous. And my friends said, I'm lighting a stick of incense for you. Oh my gosh. Julia, I feel terrible. I feel so terrible that this interview is causing you stress. I'm so sorry. We easily could have done it later in the day. (laughs) Uh Aha. I'm sorry. I feel terrible. But that's so nice that your friends lit incense for you. And that is so nice. So I think uh, my my friendships are grounded uh, in what I call before, during, and after friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they don't have me on a pedestal. They don't regard me as a guru. They regard me as someone who needs prayer support. Uh, and I ask for it. What are you struggling with the most right now? I'm writing a book on guidance. 
Uh, and I'm struggling to believe that I have enough to say. Mm. Uh, and I want the book to be positive. Uh, and I I want the book to be helpful. Uh, and I feel like people do look to me for guidance. And all I can do is report my own process. So that's my scoop. That's my <laughs> scoop. Do you ever, does reading help you when you're having a hard time focusing on a book or worrying about that you don't have enough to say or anything? Do you ever read just to regroup or do you view that also as a distraction? I tend to view it as a distraction. And yet there are, are some people, uh, most notably uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who recently died, the Buddhist teacher, and he often talked about walking as if each foot kissed the earth, kissed mm-hmm. the earth. And he, he talks about mindfulness. And I tend to want to call it heartfulness. Mm. And um, I feel like if we do the practices of the tools we wake up. And so what I'm trying to do with this book, to go back to your question, Mm -hmm. uh, is to gently coax people into waking up. Mm. And I want them to pray colloquially. They may not have as much formality to set aside as I did, but I think a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of prayer. And I I think if I can say to them, speak in your own words, pray to a God concept that seems helpful to you, then I've done a service. So I have uh, my husband's really good friend, Dan, is a singer-songwriter, and he thinks you are like the greatest thing since sliced bread and has followed your work forever. And he writes songs and that's his, how he gets in touch with, with his creativity. So asking for him here on, on the topic of, of creativity in general, you have guidance, you have all of the tips and tools in this book, which of course he read. How can somebody who's not necessarily a, you know, a novelist or something, but how does somebody tap into that creativity and keep it as part of their daily life? Aside from morning pages and and that. Well, I feel like when you say aside from morning pages, it's like, is there a secret? No, okay. (laughs) Is there a a secret tool? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the answer is there is no secret tool. Okay. The tools do work. And I don't have a tool that's mine alone. I just try to gently guide people along what I hope is a proven path. And in terms of somebody who's just trying to get their book published, do you have any advice for them, having been, you know, an international best-selling author, blah, blah, blah? Do you have any sort of industry advice? No. (laughs) Okay. What I did with The Artist's Way was self-publish it. We Xeroxed copies of it. And I think there's a lot to be said for self-publishing. 
and for not waiting for the powers that be to say, let it be in print. Interesting. Love it. Okay. Are you going to go finish your morning pages now? Well, I will. (laughs) I will. And I couldn't tell what kind of a name is Zibby. I have a sister named Libby. It's for Elizabeth. So Zibby is for Elizabeth. So is Libby. I get called Libby all the time. Uh huh. <laughs> I should have just made that my nickname, but my parents picked this when I was one. So, yes. So you became a Zibby. So I became a Zibby. Yes. <laughs> well, it was lovely chatting with you today. Thank you for your time. And I'm sorry for the imposition and the timing. Well, you're very welcome. And you're so alert yourself at this hour that I found myself waking up a little to connect with you, which is great. So maybe I won't be so frightened of early mornings in the future. Yes. Good idea. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 